VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to watch a movie and make some memories, but first you gotta do the truffle shuffle. I'm Josh, and this is the VHS Files. Welcome to the first episode of the VHS Files podcast. We're here to take you back to the days when Friday nights started with a trip to the video store, and we're going to talk about the films that made us movie fans, the good, the bad, the old, and the new, and we're going to do it in the spirit of the old independent rental stores. So let's introduce everybody to the ca- uh, to the staff of the VHS Files. We have Jenny Lou, Hello. Jason in Texas. Hey, guys. And Eric in Panama City Beach. Hello. Are we saying where we're from? We are. We're from Florida. <laughs> I mean, that was like specific. What's your address? Specific. Well, you have to make sure you point out that Jason's from Texas, because if you don't, he will. Exactly. That's just, you know, that's habit. That's how we do it here in Texas. So in the spirit of everything we're getting around here, we are big movie fans. We love talking about movies. Some would say we could probably be professionals at it. So we figured we'd give it a shot. Um, I'd like to go around and everybody kind of talk about their first real experiences, like their memories of renting movies, those nights when you got to rent a movie and have a sleepover and the movies you watched and talked about, um, just to kind of get a little bit of background on everybody. So Jenny, do you have anything? Yeah. So I was the sheltered kid who wasn't allowed to watch most movies. Uh, but the things I were allowed to watch was cartoon so my earliest memories of the video star are going to get things like Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer, mm. the Care Bears, yes. and then my parents would buy me, not buy me, but rent me these videos that were like children's sing-alongs. Like, I think it would be the equivalent to like Kids Bop today or, or whatever, <laughs> but like not cool songs. So it was like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And Does, <laughs> so who's I never had, rocked that? I had to watch, watch those videos instead of like cool movies. So, so do, do you remember what your first cool movie was? I think it was The Goonies. Mm. Getting into a little bit of the meat of the episode here. Okay. Uh, Jason, how about you? Oh, me. Uh, well, as. Most people who do know me in this world, I'm definitely a horror movie fanatic. So anything scary and creepy, that's always been me. But uh, what's funny is my earliest, though, video store memory that I can actually remember to these days because I'm getting old. uh, Going into a local store here in Texas in my hometown, uh, that was kind of like our thing on the Fridays. We didn't have a lot of money back in those days, so it was a treat to go to the video store. But I could kind of remember the first time my mom took me into the video store. You know, your parents always pick the movies because, you know, they're going to watch what they want to watch. If you had one TV, you watch what they did. Uh, but for me, the first time I got to pick one, and I remember seeing the previews on TV over and over again, but never saw it in the theater. But the first movie I really got to pick up and take home was Transformers the movie. And as being someone who watched the cartoon every day, I mean, it was a very, it was a great movie, but it was very traumatic as a small child of the, the things that happened in this movie. And I'm like, why did I rent this movie? It's totally destroyed my childhood. But uh, then 
it was kind of funny, but that same movie, I think I rented it probably 20 times. <laughs> Watch it. I kept thinking maybe things might change, you know, because you're a child. You're like, if I keep watching it, maybe certain characters won't die. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my first memory of that. But as far as the horror movie stuff, my my mom was the person that got me into that. They were always renting scary movies. You know, you got to go hide in your room. You can't watch this. But one of the first movies I actually stuck around the corner when they rented it to watch it was actually Friday the 13th Part 3. And it was the whole 3D thing that was going on and everything. But uh, from there, of course, uh, Halloween and all the other good movies. But, yeah, I love the action-adventure movies and the good old sci-fi movies, Star Wars and all that. But I'm more of a horror movie guy if you don't you know, get down to brass tacks. so Nothing wrong with that. I'm the same way, and we'll get into that shortly. But, Eric, how about you? Uh, well, I when I, similarly to Jenny there, I uh, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies when I was little. I, I couldn't watch rated R movies, uh, so we watched a lot of action and, and comedy. Um, and I would I I was able to watch some horror on uh, on television, the, you know, the television versions with all the great parts taken out. Um, but uh, that's you know that was my experience. But I always I big thing with the movie store for me was walking down the the horror aisle and seeing all these cool box covers that I could not see and they kind of scared me a little bit and it was kind of taboo and and uh, and I'm crying on (laughs) and and uh, you know as soon as I was old enough a friend of mine in high school a friend of mine worked at a, a movie store and that's when I really just started watching a ton of horror and catching up on all the stuff I had missed and that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, I am a, a pretty big horror fan these days. Uh, but uh, I, I remember a lot of, I remember Jenny, I, I had a cousin that we, we would watch Care Bears and some of those sing-along things, mm-hmm. skid a rinky dinky dink and all that stuff. I don't know. You know that one? <laughs> no? That's as far as I'll go, but uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Action movies, fantasy, everything from the 80s is, you know, well, not everything, but uh, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. You know, it's it's a romantic time uh, for me and, and uh, a time that is gone. And uh, it's fun to talk about it. Yeah. And, th- and that's really what kind of brought us all together with you know, wanting to do this podcast was to kind of go back to those times. Um, some of my earliest earliest memories are you know going to the video store and renting a vcr because we couldn't afford to buy one um Mm -hmm. getting movies that way and um romancing the stone was the first movie i ever remember renting and i still vividly remember it to this day i mean because it was (laughs) it's one of those movies that you don't really want to see as a kid but you're excited because you you actually did this this thing and you rented a movie you brought it home and watched it and i could not i mean i was I had to have been four or five years old and had no idea what was going on in the movie. Cause you watch that movie now and it's like, there's some serious stuff going on for a five-year-old kid (laughs) to be watching it. But, um, but yeah, same, same with like, with like Jason said, I mean, and, and your experience Eric, going into the video store and seeing all of these movies with these box art, that's crazy stuff for horror and sci-fi and, and, um, but my, my, one of the reasons this podcast is actually coming to fruition is because uh, I have a very, very clear memory of, of when my grandfather was alive. And um, the normal thing was after school, every couple of days, he would pick me up. We would go to the junior store, 
I'd get a Hawaiian punch and some kind of candy bar and we would go to video 98 video rental store and he would rent me whatever I wanted. <laughs> um, that's where I kind of have me and Jason may have a little bit of an edge over everybody here because our parents oh, yeah. didn't really care what we watched. <laughs> and um, I was watching nightmare on Elm street and Friday the 13th from the time I was five years old. And um, I turned out. Okay. Yeah. I guess you've um, seen some shit. I'm okay. Am I? Right. And, uh, <laughs> but it just became one of those things. And that's, that was, that was my childhood. My grandfather made sure that he went, well, I think maybe it was probably just because he wanted me to go over there and not bother him. So he's like, here, watch also a movie. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the key thing. And we'll get into more of that as, as we go on and talk about some of these movies we're going to talk about. And, um, one thing I kind of want to put out there for, you know, people on social media who may follow us and we'll give all of that out at the end of the episode. But, um, you know, this is in no way a purist sort of thing. Uh, we may be called the VHS files and in and, and that and we're harkening back to these memories that we have of that time. But um, we just want people to watch movies. We don't care how you do it. We're not telling anybody you got to go get VHS players and VHS tapes. Um, we're just talking about our memories and why we love movies so much. And, and that's kind of where all of this is bred from, but we're, we're, we're here to talk about movies, old and new, far and wide, good and bad, um, just to kind of bring back memories and, and, and have a time in this time where we kind of need a little bit of escape and, and, and remember those days and, and talk about some good movies. And tonight we're going to talk about a movie that really, you know, was core to my childhood and I think everybody's childhood. Um, um, and, and, and like it made me emotional watching it last night. I'll go ahead and say it right now. Like, but um, we're talking about The Goonies. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Meet Mikey. I gotta go fast. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Come on, Brand. Slip with the tongue. That's disgusting. No, I can't even look. Mouse. Get off the You're ruining the painting. You're ruining my job. Stephanie. Data. Boy, Beto. Yeah, isn't it, Andy? And Chunk. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend, but they're not alone. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No, that's the it. 1985, The Goonies. Um, let's uh, let's set the stage a little bit for for the movie we're talking about tonight. Um, around the time um, this came out, you would have been seeing Rambo: First Blood Part Two in the theater. Um, that was the movie that was the movie of movies. And if it, and me being the Stallone's fan that I was, I wanted to see Rambo. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, so exciting time in, 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 in my life, as far as that kind of stuff goes, but, um, you would have seen in uh, playboy and penthouse, the first nude pictures of Madonna that were published. Yeah. And back I, think in I actually now, have I an issue now. <laughs> <laughs> I know how big of a Madonna fan wow. Jenny is. <laughs> I think it's the one where she actually had hairy armpits too. Interesting. <laughs> Groundbreaking. 
but uh, the week after Rambo First Blood Part 2 comes out, The Goonies is released. Um, I don't think any of us saw The Goonies in the nope. theater, but it probably was a year or two afterwards, and that's you know yeah. comes back to the rental store aspect of this. But um, just a little bit of facts about you know opening weekend um, did nine million in the theater, uh, right behind Rambo Two. So they were, obviously everybody was out there seeing Rambo, but The Goonies came in um, second behind it on opening weekend, and uh, it ended up being the top in the top ten of 1985. Uh, the Goonies did. And uh, so, I mean, it was a big, big film when it came out. And um, I think because of a lot of the things we're going to talk about in it. And uh, And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, 1985 was was a year for movies. Um, Just getting into this and going and checking out those the movies that were released in that year. We're going to have we're going to have a good time talking about a lot of this stuff, because, I mean, to be to be getting movies in that time. I mean, some of the core movies of my childhood were at 1985. But um, oh, certainly. So does anybody have any kind of memories of like the first time they saw the Goonies or any kind of weird sort of quirky things of, around the Goonies? Jenny, do you have? A- Come on, Jenny. <laughs> so I know that the first time I saw the Goonies was on TV. And we taped it yeah. off TV so that I could watch it over <laughs> and over again. You bootlegger. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't tape a car, would you? Bootleggers. and we might talk about this more towards the end of the film but uh there was a made for tv cut of the goonies that is not the theatrical cut oh yeah because you know edited to run in the time allotted and for content um formatted to fit the screen but there is a part that I saw originally in the Goonies that has become a debate <laughs> in our house. And even though I'm right, somebody won't acknowledge that this part of the Goonies exists. It must be your dogs. I know Josh would agree with everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Jason, how about you? Uh oh! I thought we were gonna get to Jenny, and I wanted to hear this. We'll uh, get to Jenny later. We'll get to Jenny later. <laughs> She's put on the back burner for now. I, I you know, a little animosity going on in that uh, over there in Florida. Uh, me myself. Uh, well, it's kind of like I said earlier. You know, uh, grew up in a household. We didn't have a lot of money, so we we I didn't go to the theater and see the Goonies. But it was I actually did get to rent it. Uh, but like Jenny though. I mean, I rented it as a kid, probably saw it maybe once or twice on video, but after that, it was on TV all the time, and uh, I can I can, I can can actually remember the TV, it was always on TBS or TNT, the Turner Networks, they played the Goonies all the time, and uh, I mean, I can see it, and I can even remember, it. it seems like every time they played it, it was raining outside where I live, <laughs> which is here in Texas. And it's like, well, we're stuck indoors because, I mean, you guys knew. We were kids. We always wanted to be outside in those days. So you're stuck in the house. It's raining. But it seemed like the Goonies is on. So what would you do? You planted your butt right there in front of the TV, and you watched the Goonies because it's on TV. But, uh, I mean, by the time I got around to renting it, though, uh, a lot of the kids at school had already told me about it. And, plus, you know, you watch the trailer over and over again. But, yeah, it was definitely a movie that when I got around to seeing, uh, it was cool because, you know, you, all of us had our little gang of friends that we all hung around with. Yeah. And then you're all acting like you're the Goonies and uh-huh. somebody's 
data somebody over here is chunk you always had those guys in your group you know you're like i always wanted to be i always wanted to be data but of course being the big big boy (laughs) i was i was always chunk oh man yeah so yeah that's yeah we all had that group of friends and we always wanted that, that i can even remember sometimes like when i would visit my grandparents my grandfather had a shop and we're in there trying to make conventions like data did like hey what if i put the spring on here and it would do this oh, yeah like, i always love that stuff even like as a kid yeah inventions and movies like in in gremlins as well like the the dad and gremlins that kind yeah. of stuff <laughs> yeah. let's make all the inventions we can i want to make something that shoots oil out of my shoes so my little brother will fall down when he's following me around everywhere you know but that's probably my earliest memories of the goonies and then watching it over and over throughout the years and it's like i said even as an adult i swear when it rains it's on tv <laughs> so it was definitely a staple on cable for sure how about you eric do you have any uh well memories? you know i i don't remember when i first saw it uh i i do know i i kind of felt a little resentment toward it you know when like something's really popular and everyone likes it and you kind of it, it, you don't get it, so you just sort of like reject it. I I, I feel like that's what this movie was to me. It's called being a hipster. It's called I was hipster. I was a total hipster. I mean, I was like six years old, but I was a hipster, dude. And uh, you know, I, no, I I had movies that I loved as, as a kid, and I think Goonies was so big that um, I like wanted to. Yeah, it is hipsterism. I just wanted to like the thing that I liked, and I liked Goonies. I, I didn't I didn't dislike it. Um, watching it later in life, have a whole, you know, whole new respect for it. Really had a lot of fun watching it for this. And uh, so many great moments that, that I, you know, that you never forget, you know, characters and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's not, it's not one of those like super special movies for me, even though I think it's amazing. So it's, it's a weird thing, but Kayla, my wife hadn't even saw uh, seen it. Uh, yeah, wow. she watched it for the wow. first time. Did she That's, watch it with you? Yeah. What she, she liked it. it. She thought it was fun. But, you know, to her, it's just me. At this point. I don't really have just a... And, and, you know, it's, I don't really have a first memory of The Goonies. I just remember it being on all the time. And I, I could not tell you the first time I watched it. But there there was just, you know, it's it's one of those movies as a kid. And it grabs you because, you know, your protagonists are kids. They're They're your age. It was exactly what you were doing at that time. Um, so, I mean, it, it obviously was a movie that called to me and, and a lot of other people. But um, as far as getting into it, I mean, just watching it last night, I mean, I, we sat down to watch it. And, and I mean, from the moment it starts, I just started laughing. <laughs> um, I, and, and, and a lot of it, I mean, just because you get into I mean, from the first part of the movie, you get into it and it's just it's already setting up that it's not going to be your typical sort of thing because maybe I'm feeding off movies from nowadays, but you know, in the, in the beginning when the Fratellis are breaking the brother out of jail and he's trying to open the door and he's like, let go of the handle. I don't have the handle. Like that's, I, I find that so smart that like they decided to go with it's that. A, like, look, yeah. these are just normal bumbling idiots. It's a strange you know, opening like, for the rest of the film. Cause yeah. the rest of the film, none of it, it is, is like that really. Like the, the humor is in the same you know, place, but visually it's so different. Like that opening part is like a crime movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and it, and it does, I mean, it, it gives you an, an end to where we're going, but it's like, you know, it's weird that this kid's, you know, essentially this kid's adventure movie starts with this, this, this person breaking out of jail. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
I always forget that that's the beginning of the movie. Like, in my mind, it starts at Mikey and Brand's house. Yeah. Like, that could have never happened. Right. But of course, once you watch it again, you remember. But I never think about it. Yeah, and and, and, and it, talking about the beginning, not just that it's a jail breakout, but that he fakes hanging himself. It's pretty right, dark. It yeah, so like funny. he's hanging there like a corpse and he comes to life and that's uh, pretty jarring, <laughs> you know? Yeah, especially yeah. for a kid's movie, you know, because I remember seeing it and I'm like, uh, is, this guy's dead. Whoa, okay, is this a horror movie? And then when he, he gets up and he has the old yeah. pipe thing, you know, stuck in the back of his shirt, and I'm like, oh, okay. And by the way, that really is painful to try to do that, to act like you're hanging yourself with something hanging on like that up your shirt. It's not fun because, you know, we saw it in movies. We all tried <laughs> it most of the time, but it's not that fun. It doesn't work. That It's either your shirt goes up or you're giving yourself yeah. a wedgie. So it's one of the two. That makes sense. But it, what I what I also find so <laughs> cool about that opening is, like, it, it, it's such a smart way to introduce you to our cast of characters. Um, just this car chase through the town, and as they as they go through, you start meeting our characters, and, like, the way they play with the sound design and whatnot, and, you know, Mouth's watching this car chase on TV, and his dad tells him to turn it off, and when he turns it off, the car chase is going by, so he's smacking the TV, like, what the hell? It's just stuff that I don't think that they think about doing, like, little nuances yeah. that they don't do in movies nowadays, you know? That's true, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun to see all the all the kids in that montage, and uh, and we get our first glimpse of uh, what's the actress's name, the mother. Uh, she used to scare the hell out I can't, of me when I was a kid, man, in everything she was in. Yeah, oh, I can't, I can't oh, remember her name, about, and I didn't look yeah, it up from my notes. Instantly terrifying. I, oh, I don't know. As a Ann Ramsey or something like that, she was in That's Throw right, Mama from yes. the Train too. Yeah, and I, there she was in something else, like a like a she was in some yeah. horror movie. Or she, she was in or something. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember like I do remember as a kid watching it and and seeing her and being like, "That's that's their mom." <laughs> like like I couldn't grasp that that was a woman. She's a yeah. pretty severe looking woman. Yeah. She's scary. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she played. She might be a real sweet lady in real life, but she plays it very well. She probably like. Baked cookies for the whole cast, and all the kids loved her or something. Well, it's funny you say that. I was I watched the movie again today with the uh, with the commentary on with the cast, and they're talking about you know when they were doing scenes with her and whatnot. It said she was the the most lovely person, the loveliest <laughs> person, but she played that she played that did character she get water so well for them? In, in like everything she did. <laughs> like actual water actual water what do you think that was in those cups i think it was rusty water. water i think it was <laughs> it was like it was the 80s man it was bourbon sweat <laughs> ain't it it's wet, ain't it? yeah <laughs> but um you know eventually we end up at the house with the kids and then you know one thing I found out in, in watching this and doing a little bit of research for it is this is Sean Astin and Josh Brolin's first crazy. Movie. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and getting into that, like they already like, they, they just have this brotherly thing from the get go. And, and it, again, like you don't see this kind of thing between actors. I don't think anymore is like, I never, never doubted that they were family. Like they, they played it so well. 
And that's yeah. like all the kids, the, the performances all the way around in this movie are, yeah. are amazing. Yeah, all the kids feel like they're friends. There's a lot of, you know, uh, uh, chemistry between them and that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. They feel like the kids you wanted to be friends with when you're that age. Right. Like they're they're not the cool kids, but I always thought that they were cool. Because, they're, they're too old like, that they don't mind getting thing. dirty and going out and playing. It's like that time where you're big enough to actually go places, but not so big that you're bogged down with responsibility. You know, it's like a, it's like an adventurous time and they have the coolest adventure of any kid movie pretty much ever. Yep. Well, it's funny you say because of responsibility, because they're doing this in this effort to save right, the town. Right. And it's like, yeah. like yeah, when we were kids, kids on a very long right, shot, like, though, keep in mind, like they, they find right. a map in the attic the with a bunch of like props. So there's no reason to think that it's a real, except the, the tie to the newspaper article or something, but it's a huge reach, you know, right. and they, well, it's funny because, yeah, like, and if, if you hear, if you listen to the dialogue when they're talking, Mikey says like all this stuff that they have up there is the stuff. It's the rejects from the museum that his dad works at, and it's like stuff that never went anywhere. So yeah, like a giant long shot, like oh this might be yeah. a thing. It just seemed like, and I think you know that's that's key in where the Fratellis come into this because they play a key part into like pushing them on further the adventure because every time they get to a point, they're like we should go, we should go, we should go. And Mikey's like, we can keep, we can do this. Like, and the Fratellis kind of push that along. Yeah, I mean, they chase him, chase him through the, the thing for the most part. But, but yeah, Mikey, I, I don't remember Mikey having to convince everybody to continue so many times. Um, and it's funny because yeah, and he has some. Go ahead. Sorry, he has some great yeah, speeches. Absolutely. Like, yeah, he should have been a motivational speaker. Yeah. Yeah, the one in the yeah the one in the bottom of the uh, wishing well when he was trying to tell them, you know, like uh, what's his name the 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 one guy that went was it Copper Boy. Pot Cop something Chester like Copperpot, that. yeah yeah Chester Copperpot the character who went looking for One Eye Willie's treasure and they found him crushed under a like a boulder and here they are they are f much farther into this trek than he was and he was somebody who did this for a living. And that's what he's trying to tell them is like, guys, we could go up this wishing well, ride the bucket up, you know, and get out, or we could just keep going. And at the same time, they know they're being chased, but you know, Mikey's trying to tell them, dude, we're kids. We're just kids. And we've never done this. And look how far we've gotten. Why can't we just arguably? Going? Yeah. They, and, they, they, most of their progress was because of uh chunk being clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> I, he 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 drives almost every major like change of course in the film by his clumsiness or saying something. Uh, and his search for Rocky Road. <laughs> and his search for Rocky Road. Again, like uh, another way of just doing smart storytelling. Like this, this klutz of the group continues to 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 show them the ways to do things or gets them farther along in right. what they're doing. Um, I, I really noticed that this time around like chunk is a and it's weird because when you're a kid and you're watching it like you're not picking up on a lot of the themes of this you're just going on the adventure with the kids but um, I really picked up on how much chunk moves things along and how integral he is to this story moving along 
And as a kid, you don't think about it because Chunk's not with the group. Right. Most it is time. weird. I forgot but how he long he like... is away from them, too. Um, yeah. He, he, and, and going just quickly back to Mikey, when I turned this on, this, this watch, I realized how much I looked like Mikey when I was little kid. <laughs> Very similar <laughs> haircut and everything. I didn't have the braces, but I was like, oh, man. Well, yeah, one little movie fact. You're talking about how uh, important Chunk was. Uh, I found this out recently because it was the, you know, the 35th anniversary of Goonies this year that Chunk during the movie, like when he's doing the truffle shuffle, he had the chicken pox and did not want to go to the set that day. They say if you zoom in, you can see the chicken pox oh, on his stomach when he's got his shirt up. But they told him if you don't show up, we'll find somebody else. But that kid went and he did the truffle shuffle the best he ever could with chicken pox. So I was like, give it yeah. up for chunk. That's right. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the things I kind of noticed on the, the watch this time. I looked at Jenny when they tell him to do the truffle shuffle and I was like, man, this is fat shaming. Yep. It is 100%. I mean, yeah, there's uh there's a few questionable things happening, but this is the eighties after all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to watch plenty of movies that use. Oh yeah. 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 Like yeah. Nothing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what's funny is in real life that klutz is now a certified attorney. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 As an adult. He, else yeah, he pretty much kind of disappeared, but he is an attorney. I think he's an attorney for like in film. I'm sure whatever he's doing. But yeah, he went on to, uh, to an actual real job and man, he's doing great. Yeah, and 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 in and, and meeting, you know, getting the Mikey in in, in uh Brand's house and whatnot, you know, we start getting closer introductions to the characters you start meeting mouth and you know <laughs> i think i think if you're going to relate to anybody in this movie at this time you've probably seen Corey feldman a few times so he's the one it's like oh that guy's in this that was one of the things for me is i had seen him in other things and i think that that by that time i'd seen him in gremlins and maybe even one of the friday the 13th movies. right and but, um yeah. so i of course like i was naturally drawn to him and just the banter between him and everybody he is so like, great like when he comes i in, mean a, truly a talent as a as just a fun charismatic kid you know like like when he comes in the house and starts giving brand shit for not getting his license <laughs> like he's so good at that and like if you watch josh brolin's face like he just he like, starts oh. to grimace so hard and then he swings at him it's so good and and yeah i mean Corey Feldman was was definitely something back in the day. We won't we won't talk about where he where he went. There but. is, yeah. You can see Josh Brolin getting all jacked up for his later role as Thanos. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> he was preparing <laughs> early to be early. Thanos. Mm -hmm. What's funny, man, is like I got into a little bit of the research on Josh Brolin, and he, you know, after the Goonies, he didn't do a ton of stuff. Yeah, he it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't until like uh, like here I got it here. It wasn't until like the early 2000s that he really came back and started like getting in, getting those major roles in movies and breaking out. Mm -hmm. um, but then we get data and I think everybody wanted to be data. I wanted to make inventions. Absolutely. Like so bad. So if, if, if anything, like it was just one of those things that is like, if any, if this movie did anything to kids, it made them want to be inventive. Because <laughs> I have a question. Data. The, the Rube Goldberg gate opening machine is, is, are we to think that data made that or, or Mikey and data made that together? 
That's what I was wondering yes. because, you know, it, you know, data lives next door. I also noticed a couple of things with that this time around because he zip lines yeah. over from his house to Mikey's and, um, and I, it, I never really picked up on that as a kid. I just kind of assumed, you know, oh, whatever. Um, but yeah, that like data lives next door. So I would assume him and Mikey might've yeah. done that together. But I think what's also cool about the, 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 the porch thing is it, it also clues us into like these kids are familiar with booby traps and 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 these in depth yeah, sort yeah, of like things like physics this. and machinations. So they're going to be a natural, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so, like it, it it foreshadows like oh these kids are gonna these kids are gonna be great at going through all of these little things in these tunnels because they're they're already doing right. it as kids, you know. Yeah, though no, they're they're booby traps. No booby <laughs> traps. I That's said booby traps. It's not yeah, booby um, traps. Data. <laughs> would have died a horrific death if he didn't have the the chomper thing oh yeah the uh, impaled yeah with the spikes good god that would have been the end of the movie right there (laughs) yeah and um so i mean those are the things that really rope you in when you when you get in as a kid and i remember like just the banter between them and then when chunk comes in and they break the statue oh yeah (laughs) i completely (laughs) forgot about he's like yeah, and it's like, again, this is a PG movie, and you have those. Yeah, and they put it on upside down. down, and... down and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah put it upside down, you'd be pissing in your face. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's funny. <laughs> and like, but what I, what always struck me was when when they break and he's like, it's my mom's most favorite piece, and my mom's like, wouldn't be here if it wasn't. <laughs> Just so like. And, and like again, like that's the banter you'd have with your friends back then, just drag mm-hmm. ragging on each other mm-hmm. like that. But um, I was always so blown away by their open, like open, like they were just cussing in front of <laughs> their parents. Yeah, they all feel very comfortable with each other, you know. And uh, yeah, the small town, the small neighborhood, everyone knows each other, kind of a thing. Um, speaking of the mom, why is her arm broken? Did I didn't? Did they? They don't never say what. I don't. I, maybe we missed it. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure it's I, not like in the film. mom just, is like a minor character yeah. to me. Well, <laughs> if the mom's arm wasn't broken, then they wouldn't need Rosalita mm-hmm. to come help. Yeah. Clean the house and organize it before it's torn down. Yes. <laughs> then you wouldn't get mouth basically telling Rosalita that she's living in a house of mm-hmm. horrors where and you she's have. she's a sex slave. Sex yep. torture, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> drug all, trafficking, drug trafficking, all these other horrible things, and the mom is completely oblivious yeah. to what is going on, and that's a, that's and, a but really you, but, mean thing. For but a kid to do. Like, you think about her as she comes and she's helping to you know help clean the house. She plays the most important part of the movie. She finds the marble bag full of gems. So without yeah, again, her. Like, this never like happens. Smart, so smart script, smart storytelling. Like you set up every, like every character you set up is gonna play a part. Yeah, no, there's no fat in this movie oh. either, time wise or character wise. Like it's, it's as tight as it could be. I, it once it starts, it's just go, go, go until it's over, and you know. Yeah. There's no yeah. lag time. This, yeah. this is a perfect script. Yeah, it has yeah. everything. Yeah, Chris Action. Columbus wrote a great story. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, sorry. Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg. wrote a great story. <laughs> and Christopher Columbus did the screenplay. Yes. 
Um, Maybe he trimmed the Spielberg fat out. It has action, (laughs) adventure, romance, horror. Horror, yeah. Yeah, horror. Yeah, horror. And horror, heart. And heart. It's funny, like, you say heart, I say horror. We see where our... our I see where my heart is. It's in horror. Yeah. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like, you know, we're talking about it as a whole at this point, and there's still, still so much to talk about. But, I mean, it, like, just just from the opening with the kids and introducing and, and, and their banter and whatnot, like, it is like... Jenny said this while we were watching it yesterday. And it's like, if you don't love this movie, then there's just something wrong with your soul. Like, especially if you grew up in the time that this came out, like, like this is, this is what it was to be a kid. Like this really encompasses that, like so much within this group of kids. Yeah. And, you know, watching it, I thought about how really special it was to grow up in the eighties when we did, because we're the last generation really that grew up without having technology present in our lives on a daily basis i mean we had the apple II at school where we played oregon trail but other than that you had (laughs) a phone on the wall at your house my nana had a rotary phone and with a long cord yeah i mean you had a tv you might have a vcr by this time but you were more present. Well, you were also, I think, more free because when you go out to play, your mom can't call you every five seconds uh, or text you or have a a GPS on you all the time. You go out and and you might be gone for hours on just like a little adventure with your friends and climb trees and, uh, you know, getting in trouble and and, and all that kind of stuff. And, And, there's really nothing they could do about it. You just, you, I'm going out to play, you know? Yeah. yeah like you, knew, you knew you were in trouble when you got a, when your friend's mom came out and said, your mom just called, you need to go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or, no. or, or you could hear mom calling from three streets down. Joshua William. <laughs> you yeah, you got your middle home. name. Yeah. You got your middle name in there. You knew you were in trouble or ours was if the street lights on, you oh, better be in the house. That was the thing. The street lights come on. You better be in the house. But real quick, like you're talking about that, like Eric was saying about the the freedom. Like these kids are gone for how long? Do this move a full day, and you're like, we're not getting anything about. Are these parents out looking for them until you get to the end of the movie and you see the two sheriffs guys pull up? Oh well, there they are. You know, like that. Well, at least the parents were out. And and are they and are they looking for them because they've been gone so long, or are they looking for them because uh, those boys found saw them in the well? It did because yeah, I'm not even point. sure yeah. the timeline yeah, there. But the point. It, I don't even think the boys in the well remember he was just wanting to hook up. Well, with yeah, what's your name? Uh, yeah, Andy. That dude's so a he jerk. Didn't care, so he's a yeah, real jerk. He was like, well, I'm not getting lucky. Yeah, I'm not getting lucky, so you can live in that well. He tried to kill Josh long, Brolin. So, I mean, he yeah, he had yeah, him on yeah. a little girl's motor, motorcycle yeah. first. Or, motorcycle, Christ. Bicycle. Bicycle. First of all. He had him on a little girl's bicycle, and why? Why would you even bother with a? Uh, I, I know it's a movie, but couldn't you just walk or run? Why would you try to ride a tiny bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he launched him off of the side of a mountain at forty-five miles. They actually show the the, the speedometer. He's going like forty, cl- closing under forty-five. Shoots Josh Brolin off a mountain. 
Well, he's just goony scum. They're yeah. going to tear his house down tomorrow yeah. anyway. You know, when I first saw this movie and movies like E.T., anything filmed in the Pacific Northwest, I had never seen anywhere that mm. looked like that before. Oh, yeah. It looked like a it's different planet. Too. There's a lot of yeah, beautiful in Oregon. Uh, landscape and, stuff, you know, like just in the background. But yeah. Yes. It's it is, gorgeous. Yeah. And I think that lends itself to like the magical quality of this movie. Yeah, I think the location for sure. I mean, even though we spend most of our time in a cave, <laughs> you really do get a sense yeah. of the yeah they, their town. Well, just yeah, they do a really good job of setting up area though, like mm -hmm. with the kids riding through the town and the overhead shot yeah. of them on the bikes. Yeah. And stuff. It's like I want to live somewhere like that. Someone like where I grew up, it was nothing but pine trees. So it was nice to see like an ocean and a beach like look that way. Like that last scene where they're looking over the rocks and the yeah. ships coming out and you're like, Well, I wanna live there. I wanna see these big but I mean it's just like I mean, you didn't know where that was when you were a kid. You just knew, Ooh, that's really cool. Later you find out it's in Oregon and as an adult you're like, Man, I wanna go to Oregon. <laughs> I wanna go to that beach one day. I wanna go to the Goonie Beach and see how that looks in real life and I, they say you can still visit all that the they got little things you can go and do a little goonie tour or something so yeah and you bring up the 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 girl's bike that josh brolin was on and we watched this last when we were watching uh, it didn't dawn on me again i i figured out that data lives next door he takes data's sister oh and data's bike. sister shows up at the end right <laughs> with, the, with the family yeah that's great yeah. everything's so tight yeah. man. so tight um, yeah, dude, it's like I feel. I feel like they don't think about those little things. Like before we get too far from the house, uh, I had a few notes I wanted to address. One, there's a drop line where they say that their their parents looked for it when they were younger, or something like that. Did you guys hear that? Uh huh. Like you could, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. do like a, a a prequel, you know, with the parents. Yeah, the parents that grew up there. As kids, maybe it ends. We find out where the where the mom hurts her arm. Maybe it's, maybe. it's been broken for years. Yeah, but, it, but but <laughs> it's been broken for decades, her entire life. Got over it. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot. That, there's again, lots like, of fun little lines in that section too. It, well, it, it, throughout the movie, like little dropped like winks and 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 nods. The 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 way they do the exposition is yeah. like I'm really starting to, to 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 notice exposition in movies a lot more now, um, particularly with a pretty high standard filmmaker right now that I won't get into. But um, but like the exposition here is all told through normal conversation, and it's not. It doesn't seem like it doesn't feel like they're telling the audience. It feels like they're genuinely telling each other. That these mm -hmm. things are are happening, so it doesn't feel like it's hitting you over the head. It feels smart. It, it feels like it's a natural. Part well, of I think when they they instead of just like a narration, they know? they all speak very naturally too. Uh, you know, kind of talking over each other and things like that. Uh, similarly to 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 Jaws, you know, where you have lots of people talking at once, and it's kind of a cacophony of people all talking over each other. But there's important data in there as they're all rummaging through the, the attic and it's all like someone says this and someone says that someone reads this and someone says that and it's all just very naturally given 
you know. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of like the thing I brought up about Mikey saying that all this stuff was rejects from the, from the museum. I never, never caught no, on to that. I never paid close enough attention. And I just, yeah. And then, and again, like the thing with the attic is like you go up in there and there's all this stuff and it's like, who would really have those like electric balls up in the attic? <laughs> yeah, that, like, that caught like, my attention too. The, like, yeah, why are, why are they yeah, from the science museum. Like, like why, why would it's from the hands-on children's science museum? Reject. I mean, I understand his dad's a his dad's a curator, so I mean, I, I can understand him having some of. There's definitely there. some that some fun. Is. Just the historical society. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely some some just like because it's a movie stuff in this movie, like like yeah. when yeah. the you know uh, when um, Mouth's dad is working on the on the drain. And he's trying to check the drain, and the water and shoots the water up out of the drain up. like a, like a fire hose, you know, things like that. It's just it's just like it's just because a movie. I, I don't know if that's Donner bringing that in it's, or know, or what, you know. It's like the little things like that, like you watched during the movie. You know, all of us nowadays we try to find uh, the little things that, like maybe an editing problem or something in the movie. Like you notice that, like water does not shoot out <laughs> of a drain. Uh, but one thing I noticed last night, and I don't think I'd even notice for it, and it's a little. All right, you know when he has the copper key, the copper skeleton key, and he puts his hand in there and turns it, right? And his hand is locked in there. He can't get it out. But then he uh, – was it Data Falls, I believe, right after that, when he turns the knob? It sh automatically shows Mikey there over the hole looking down as he's falling. I'm like, well, how did he get his hand out of the lock? <laughs> I'm like, what's – he's he's supposed to be stuck there how did he get out <laughs> this is like like you see water shooting out of a, a seat tiny insignificant detail yes yeah. but i'm just like it's, it's also like it's like they they find the restaurant like <laughs> and they think the restaurant is open like that Ooh, place is in there that place is dilapidated <laughs> like yeah. even even at 10 years old i would have been <laughs> yeah. like this is not well, a functioning i give it a food score of a point and, and, two and chunk of, chunk is well aware of this chunk is says this place is yeah. Yeah. crazy and he finds the bullet holes and he's you know in the in the vehicle and he goes yeah. guys we got it he, he was saying it was bad news before they even got up to the building and then he finds out he yeah. was right chunk's the smart one and you know yeah, yeah he is he is on top of things yeah and his his reaction to finding the ORV, they're like bullet holes, bullet holes. <laughs> like the his his facial expression and the way he says it, like that kid was like the fact that that kid did not move on into into other stuff. Now he could have had his own personal reasons. It could have been because he got fat shamed. It could have been maybe he didn't want reason. to. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, who knows? His, yeah. I mean his his performance in this movie is outstanding, yeah. though. Like great job. And, and, and again, maybe he didn't want to get back tight, to cast. Maybe that's yeah. what he felt as though he's going to get stuck in that role as that kid, and then as the adult of the same role. You know, because that happens to a lot of kids; they get stuck in that same area. And maybe that's what it is. But yeah, you hey. can talk a uh, talk to the kid who played Anakin Skywalker about that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um, you know, and then we get into the restaurant, and then this is where I had another little like moment of clarity or. or moment that struck me and it's like when you're a kid you see sloth kind of the same way the kids do like he's this beast chained to a wall and you watch it now and you're like this is totally a family torturing their son like, <laughs> yeah 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 like this they're, is they're scared of <laughs> right. yeah. yes this is 
you know what's good in a kid's movie? The abuse of a disabled person. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I wonder, and, and also, you know, you, I, I forgot that you find out at the end that, I mean, maybe he was a perfectly normal kid, a baby at some point, but she drops him, admits yeah. to dropping him multiple twice. times. At least twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. at least twice. <laughs> so, like, you know, not only is, you know, he, he in bad shape now, but, you know, they might very well be the reason. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder to yeah. myself, though, because he is so lovable in how, again, Chunk is the one to accept him. Although, I guess Mikey does give him the, try to give him the food. Uh, but... Uh, I wondered if the, I'm thinking about, you know, talking about the eighties and being insensitive to certain things that we're more sensitive to now. I wonder if this movie helped in some way people accept people with disabilities generally, like when, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking of examples of people uh, with physical or mental disabilities in film as a kid, like yeah. it's such a, a beautifully done, you know, thing to just show yeah, how I mean, these I kids accept him. Does it. And he's so lovable. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's just like a sweet guy. Yeah, yeah. Wiggle. Wiggle. yeah the, the wiggle in the ears. Oh my God. But he's so endearing, and and uh, yeah, I just I wondered like if if that made any kind of impact, you know. And he saves them multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's. Uh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, you you do have a few movies from the eighties that. That kind of touched on this yep. mask with yep. Eric Stoltz. Yes. Mask. Um, it's been a long time, but I do remember that one being a, a, one of those kind of movies. And um, but I mean, that's it's so weird. The '80s is such a weird time for that kind of stuff too, because you know, obviously we've progressed a bit, you know, in some standards. But like, just to think that that's that's how everybody reacted to those sort of things back then just seems very odd to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mac it's, and me. Yeah, kids in a wheelchair. Kids in a wheelchair. It was like me as a kid. I mean, when I first saw Slot, I was like, "Is this a real person?" You know, because you're a kid, you don't know about makeup art in movies. Oh, you yeah. see what's on TV. <laughs> and and I'm you might just, not have even known about disabilities. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, luckily, I mean, luckily, I had an uncle who was actually uh, paralyzed as a young age, so I knew of you know people. Would, I grew up with somebody that had a disability, but even he, he persevered. And uh, that's another long story one day, but. uh but the thing with sloth is like i saw him and yeah he was scary at first you're kind of scared but like you said the whole the ear wiggle thing which you know that's got to be some really good animatronics they had going on there because nobody can move their ears like that (laughs) but it's funny is uh, me as a uh and josh does it he calls it sports ball i'm a football fan but the actual there's the guy who plays sloth is an ex-professional football player for the raiders okay and i didn't know it until later uh, but he's actually when he stands up, he's wearing a Raiders shirt. Ah. Oh. You're like, oh, and then of course later he's really wearing good. the Superman shirt, and I, which, which is Donner, the, the Donner, Donner connection. And we even get the the, the <laughs> Superman score in there. Um, it was like the, whole, the the this movie was like the Holy Trinity as far as production goes. I mean, you got Spielberg, Columbus, Donner, Donner. I mean, three guys that really had their. Their ink, you know, their pens in the inkwell at at, at that yep. time, like making names for themselves and big names. So I mean, this movie, it's almost like this movie was set to be a, be a success. Yeah, didn't uh, Columbus go on to do some of Jenny's favorite movies? I think they, he did some Harry Potter movies too. I think. 
Yeah, he did at least the first two or three. Yeah, I think yeah, I at think least two. So yeah, he was two. definitely. I hate those. I think he came back later too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. I think he uh, directed Home Alone, so we can get into that one day too. So yeah, this this oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you I, can see hints of Home Alone. In oh this yeah, movie. with the booby traps. Sure, yeah, oh. definitely. And uh, you well, know, I mean, the the bumbling, uh, you know, criminals coming after kids, kind yep, of thing. Exactly. Uh, and just on on sloth too, I, I think they also play. He kind of reminds me of a of a dog, and I <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but like you know he's Aww. he's he's like loyal and he's just like happy and his ears wiggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? He kind of reminds me like a big yeah. like a big friendly dog. You know? Yeah, yeah you're just like happy. ah, it's my buddy. You know? <laughs> and it's funny they talk about that in the commentary. Um, I watched today with the commentary, and at the end when the when Sloth has to leave, Sloth gets them out, but mm -hmm. he has to stay behind because he can't hold the rock and the place is collapsing. But he ends up getting out with his mom and his brothers. And he's, even though all this has transpired and they're terrible to him, like he's walking right. mother up the beach and like he's being oh, yeah. very. Yeah, like, he's still very caring, loving wonder, like, individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Loyal. <clears throat> Absolutely. And he's just, yeah, he's, he's just so, so kind. And yeah, I, I like, Watch rewatching it this time. Sloth is my favorite part of the movie, basically. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love him so much. And I mean, there were there were multiple moments where I was welling up a little bit watching this because, like, again, like it started hitting me in the feels as far as just like remembering being a kid and remembering how I felt watching movies like this. Like, like, and and the thing is, is like, is is as fantastical as this movie gets in, at certain times, like none of it ever feels like something that you couldn't go out and do as a kid. You know, it kind of came back to like, I remember there was a HBO had Encyclopedia Brown. Yes. And I remember like that being a big thing on me. Like I wanted the, the little black sports coat that he would wear. And he had a little business card that said Encyclopedia Brown detective. God, you are a stuff. nerd. Like this, I know, man. <laughs> We're all I, no. I've never seen that, so I can't. Uh, I can't speak to Encyclopedia Brown. But, but like, uh, touching like on an earlier subject, Jenny's talk about like how the movie affects you emotionally, uh, and the things that like you maybe not notice as a kid, but I kind of felt like I remember this as a kid and kind of took it. But it's from a a character that like we ain't even talked about the the character of steph i think it's martha plumpton plays her mm -hmm. yeah yep. but it's in the wishing well and i the got to and i had to actually had to rewind it because i was like wow that actually means something when she's talking about them picking up all those pennies and quarters and they're talking about these are people's wishes and their dreams you know and she's like you know these are somebody else's wishes their dreams we need to leave these here and you're like that's kind of an emotional thing. And then mouth goes to her like, well, this was my dream and that didn't come true. So I'm taking it back. And you're like, and taking are, them all <laughs> back. And this is a kid, like I said, again, this is a kid movie with pirates and scary stuff and crazy inventions. But then you get down to those little emotional things right there. And you're like, Whoa, that's yeah. I mean, are, are they trying to say something yeah. about capitalism there? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love, you know, I thought you might talk about the kiss down there because oh, you yeah. want to talk about, you know, th things that kids experience growing up. Uh, the older girl you have a crush, you know, you might have a crush on her that's like completely out of your league. The, you know, the, the idea of 
you know, some kind of confusion leading to you, you know, getting to kiss the, the high school girl, you know, like, and, and his, like the his school face, yeah, his you know? face after it happens, you just can't help but smile, you know, it's just such a, an innocent thing, you know, or, or it's, when it happens and he's stumbling away and Martha Blumkin's character points, hey, it's this way. And he's like, thanks. Such was just, he's it's another yeah. world. He was not prepared he's for any of that. Yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and, and she, you know, and the whole, does Brand have braces thing? is like, come on. You, you have was, to That's a movie that's thing. Brand, you were just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought he was taller. He must have been standing yeah. in a hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her friend doesn't tell no. her. No. No. Or lets it go. Nobody tells her uh, until they figured out the end and she's just like, okay. I mean, you know. No big deal. She 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 oh, likes yeah, Mikey, a, so no big deal. Yeah. And another thing is uh as a kid, you know, like between Steph's character the character of Steph and Mal, they're bickering the whole entire time. Like mm. they hate each other, you know, like, oh I don't like you. And then at the end of it, they're like, well you're not so bad. You know, but remember like uh I'm pretty sure Jenny might remember as uh, a young girl, because I'm, I've heard my mom say this to my little sister, is like, if boys are mean to you, they <laughs> yeah. like you. Yep. You know, or something like that. And I was like, I Which get that. Which is a horrible thing to teach. Yes, girls. I know, horrible. And I'm like, yeah. By the way. But like you said, they're, like, they're screaming each other and being like, oh, me. And then next thing you know, like, oh my God, these two are going to end up being married and have three or four Yeah, I think, own, yeah, you, you need know? to clarify if a boy is like teasing you on the playground versus, yeah. If he's just awful to you yeah. all the time, if has no respect for you. you, you punch, punch him in if the he you, that means he likes you. Yeah. No, that's not no. what that means. No, you know, yeah, yeah. If he if he hits you in any way, yeah, you punch him in the nards and walk away. You know, it's it's funny. Like again, I, I watched the commentary, and the commentary had Richard Donner and the cast, the kids, um, in it, and she's talking during that scene at the end where they're kind of like flirting and, and being little shy with one another and she's like this was so agonizing to do because <laughs> apparently she and Corey Feldman did not get oh, around really? very well <laughs> on the set and she said she had such a hard time doing anything with them. and like they were being very very nice with each other in the commentary about it because I mean it's been years so they've they've gone past it but like I a lot of the, what I've got from listening to the commentary is they shot the majority of the movie in sequence so yeah you know, they started in the house and whatnot and then went into the, all the other stuff. And by the time the shooting was getting around to, to wrapping, they, they were all at each other's throats. Like they had this great relationship at the beginning. And there's one part where Corey Feldman's talking about how him and Sean Astin just, he's like, I was so pissed off at Sean this day and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, wow. Like, even though they came across so well in, in film, like they, they, they were still like yeah. I mean, with each other. Yeah. It was crazy. They had good good acting chops back then i hate yeah. you but you know what you're my best friend for the next 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> <sighs> go ahead but um so as far as the as far as the the booby traps and all of that stuff go booty like, traps again, like, <clears throat> that's, that's what i said <laughs> um <laughs> shut up mouth um it's just I, again, like I have to go back to the to the porch thing at the beginning and whatnot, how they set that up, and then we get into all these elaborate things that are exactly what they they they're into. Um, and then when Data, you know, the slick shoes and all that stuff, it's slick like shoes. all these things that seem 
and and what's funny is like none of his inventions ever work except an accident except for yeah. that slick one. shoes is the most yeah. slick shoes yeah super works. effective works. like yeah. it yeah. saved all their lives I don't know well, the, 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 the the glove worked <laughs> when the, the brother but then it malfunctions up, later up, the glove but yeah it yeah. worked yeah, once yeah then it very Looney Tunes all that stuff the oil slick the yeah. you know the the, think, the boxing yeah, glove had... even the the sound like it made like a goink you know like when he gets punched like you know they're definitely. <laughs> playing the Looney Tunes bit there, but uh, yeah, Dynamite. I think even Data might have had a, a, yeah, I think Data might have had a, you know, him and Wiley Coyote had an account <laughs> yeah. at Acme or something because <laughs> everything was something you would see the Wiley doing with Acme was the, just Amazon the back then, right? Basically. Yeah, that's all it was. It was the Amazon for the <laughs> '80s. Acme, yes. like I think later doesn't that show up in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I think Acme, we get some more yeah, Acme absolutely. stuff too. It's everywhere. Oh, that's it was the Amazon mm -hmm. of the '80s. Every yeah, bad I mean, guy had an Acme account. So we, we, the Fratellis finally start chasing them, and so they're on a time crunch at this point. And then when they get to the piano, dude, like that was one of the things that freaked me out. Oh, the, the fingers as, well, yeah, the, I mean, as the piano keys, like yeah. that stuff is legitimately frightening. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> one thing I noticed in this movie after having watched uh, the the cursed films thing on poltergeist and they were talking about the, the real skeletons i was i was like yeah. to kayla i'm like i bet these are real skeletons and i looked it up sure enough they are uh yeah uh yeah. one-eyed willie One -Eyed is, a, is a real skeleton and a lot of the yeah. you know other ones are too i think i mean they just look too damn good they look so good they're they're clearly just real skeletons uh but yeah that that piano is creepy and again you have something that so many kids can relate to is playing an instrument did you practice because you got to know your you know you got to know your notes now you did you so come on josh any kid can sure. can you know that played an instrument can relate to that your well it's funny you say it. that jason because i i found out a, a tidbit of information here and, and like it's so funny because i i do play piano I know I know how to read music in a sense, and something that never dawned on me before is uh, when they're playing, um, and it's like the last one she has to do, and she says, "I don't know if it's A or, or, or B or B flat or A A sharp or B flat." If you get it wrong, we're all gonna be flat. <laughs> right. He he has a little comment, but the thing is, is, and this is this is another one of those little tidbits of information. A sharp and B flat are the same note. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, so, Mr. Musician. Yes. What you is the, right. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear, you know, that we're kind of dissecting this thing. I'd be curious to hear the notes clean in succession. Like, is it, is that a reference to something? Even if. Yeah. Well, what's uh, funny is it says you play the wrong note. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll fall through the floor or whatever. And they play so many <laughs> of the wrong notes. It's like, how do they play enough of the right? I think she plays two wrong and to play three. three right. So you have like three strikes yeah. in your never go back to play the correct note after they got it wrong. They just move on to the next note. Right. Yeah. That's like, what I didn't understand. So yeah, you just ahead. have to skip it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because it's a whole bar of music. I mean, there are several notes, but yet they only play just a few of them. Like, how, if you get it wrong, why did you go to the next one? Don't you have to play them in a sequence? What's going on here? Yeah, I think it's a three strikes and you're out. You got to hit the right ones in sequence. Not, not in sequence, just at all. You have to hit the right notes. And if you miss, that's one strike. You know, it's, uh, it's family feud. You know? 
but but and it's skeleton really piano. That, you know, like, yeah, the skeleton piano, the yeah. fingers are bones. <laughs> fingers are creepy. You know, refer to pianos, play the bones. <laughs> the keys, the keys are creepy finger bones. Yeah. Well, again, like this goes back to like the way they made movies back then, because I mean the, the production design on this is. Oh, when when they get, I mean, we're not there yet necessarily, but when when they get to that open, you know, with the ship, that is beautiful. Like the whole thing is amazing. Uh, a full size ship, and it was, yep. And it was an actual ship that they built. It was a whole set. It was not green screened at all. Um, and a fun fact I found out was is they kept the ship from the kids. Yeah, they the hired so they would see yeah, it with not true let wonder. Them see the ship as they, right, found it. And so the funny thing is, is they did the shot. They did the shot where they all come through and see the ship for the first time, but they couldn't use any of the takes because the kids were so blown away by it that they didn't react. <laughs> it was just more or less just kind of like yeah, stone just face. Looking at it. Yeah. Um, so they had to reshoot it. And the slide but, was real too. <laughs> yeah. That slide. I like want to go so on that slide. again. Another <laughs> like amazing thing that any kid would love a, a water slide in the, that dumps into a cool place. Adults alike, because actually in the, in the commentary, Richard Donner says that the crew, like he said, he went down that slide <laughs> times. And they were like, and the, and the kids in, in the, the cast was all like, no, you didn't. And he's like, no, really, I did. Like, that was so much fun. That's great. <laughs> That's great. So, but yeah, I mean, that ship, that set, that whole thing is amazing. Yeah, I think I read later. So, that, oh, go ahead, Jenny. Well, here's where we can kind of get well, hold on. Oh, all right, here, Eric. Eric, we get to see some uh, action here going on with Josh and Jenny. Maybe we might have a, a marriage coming to an end. Over right, do we have to stay? Uh, do I we have it. to stay chronological? Because I wanted to talk about uh, Chunk in the freezer. No, let's talk about Chunk. <laughs> yeah, <go ahead>. Chunk <laughs> we'll get is horribly traumatized in this film. <laughs> He's he is taken oh hostage. Absolutely. All of these children have no. PTSD. The other kids, well, yes, but the, the other kids go through far less than poor Chunk does. You know, Chunk is is captured, and he is tied up and 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 interrogated. But before that, he's <laughs> stuck with a corpse in a, in a in a freezer, and the corpse keeps falling on him like, and it's gross. Like it's really horrific. He's a Poor kid is like being left. His friends are abandoning him. Jesus, it's it dark. It takes him a really long time to notice yeah. that yes, he's not a very with long them. time. Right? Where's Chunk? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I mean, he, he he takes all that time. Finally, gets out, and then ends up <laughs> back in the trunk with the dead body again. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the then there's the whole I'm gonna stick your arm down. Yeah, yeah. They threaten they threaten harm on him. And uh, yeah, tell me the whole story, and then he goes on the rant about every bad thing, which is a great moment. I love that when he's just spilling oh, his guts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what's the 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 character Jake? Was that Robert Davi or Davi that plays him? The the very oh, end of the story, like, you can see him looking at Chunk, and he is holding in. From, like, I love this kid. I don't Absolutely know noticed that. But you, yeah. That's like a real look. Is he like trying not to laugh so hard? I noticed that. Absolutely, that's so funny. Yeah, he, he was clearly just killing it, you know. And then you bring up Joe. Well, let's talk about Dave, uh, Davi. What, what's his name? 
the guy who played Jake. Dog well, him and him and Joey Pants. <laughs> um, yeah. Pantaleano. Joe Pantaleano. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Apparently they got the they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they got the jobs because of their banter and and like their their uh, auditions, <laughs> because they were just they were messing with each other the whole time and they pretty much hired them because of their banter back and forth and then listening to it in the commentary the kids were all saying that like it shows the part where they're fighting on the uh, on the ship and they were like this was them all the time they were just constantly like this I, well, I don't know if it was some sort of method thing or what but they never like they were always doing this I don't wear a hair piece <laughs> yeah and another cool thing that happens in the movie is the Jake character, Robert Dobby, you know how he's singing? He is actually a trained professional opera singer. That's why yeah. he was doing it through the movie. He's just like, man, that guy's got That's a great good. voice for an actor. And you're like, oh, wait, he's actually a trained opera singer. That's why he's so good. Yeah. I just love the good Italian singing. I was like, no, I need to go sit down somewhere and eat some spaghetti and pizza now every time I hear him <laughs> sing. Why didn't they have that at the restaurant? Such a beautiful voice. One lost. <laughs> Moving on. Well, we, um, okay, so do you have anything else on that, Eric? I don't know. Of Trump's sure. trauma being traumatized as a small kid. I agree. Like Ch- Chunk goes through some well, shit. He also saves. He, he saves a lawyer in real life. That. So you know, he he, he right. doesn't just keep the whole story moving, moving and and survive a horrific experience and and being kidnapped by escape convicts he also saves Murderers. a disabled person who's been chained in a dungeon pretty good pretty solid yeah. guy and how horrible are these people like i don't think you really as a kid realize how terrible they are they're just like the goofy right. bad guys coming after the kids these are murderers yeah, yeah that guy's who- dead Yep. will potentially murder these mm-hmm. children it seems yep. if they didn't get away when it's they like did. when it's like when the wet bandits <laughs> catch kevin and you're like, oh shit like oh, <laughs> these guys are like when he says he's gonna like bite off his fingers and you're just like the hell <laughs> yeah. or even the, i mean there's even this part the point in the restaurant where mama fratelli grabs hold of mouth and like puts a knife to his oh tongue. right yeah. yes yeah it's like jesus you're gonna kill a kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't do that nowadays. That's, that no, you can't put a knife to someone's tongue these days. Can't do it. But then uh, I love when they're when they're leaving. When they chase them out of the restaurant, she shuts the door. Kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> and she had two of her own grown adults now. Poor sloth. That's oh, also Chunk sloth. knows about gremlins because he he called in the gremlins to the police and they didn't believe him. Yes. So we got to okay. reference there, that. There's, there's the connection. We're going to go on okay. another little tangent right. off subject for a second. Because we're talking about little things we notice and nuances in movies that drive us crazy now. Like, it really bothers me when a movie is referenced mm-hmm. within a movie. That, that in the movie being referenced stars one of the people in the movie that's <laughs> referencing it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, case in point is this one. They bring up the Gremlins thing, and Corey Feldman was in Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, in my brain, that can't do that. annoys the shit can't out of me. But Chris Columbus had to do with both of them. There, there couldn't, bad. there couldn't be another probably. kid. That looks I like, like it. I think it's fun. In in that world, probably. 
But still, it's one of those things that, you know, those little quirks that I have about. It can be more egregious too than that. Like that, that is one, but like, I'm trying to think of another example, like a more, a more modern example, but sometimes. The more we talk about movies going forward, the more I will bring that up. Here's where some people's version of the movie differs. Because when I saw the Goonies on TV, there, after they get into Lagoon, see the pirate ship and everything, there's a scene <laughs> before they get I on the ship. And what you see <laughs> is a tentacle going through the water by their feet. And then all of a sudden, Steph and Mouth are like attacked by this giant <laughs> octopus. Yes. And I loved this part when I was little. And me and Josh got into probably the closest thing we've ever had. To Is it canon? Over the Goonies, <laughs> man. Hey, Goonies breaks marriages <laughs> apart every day. Had not seen the TV version with the octopus and would not believe me that it, it existed. Exists. I and I it. still give her and I still give her shit to it about it to this day. Even um, though he has seen the proof in yeah. the deleted scene that the octopus is real. But we had a good a good run there where I would just constantly be like, that is you made that <laughs> up. That is not really yeah. something. And that Data happens. even yeah. mentions it at when they're in interviewing the them. He mentions it. Yeah. And there was the octopus. The octopus was really scary. Oh, and again, that's, right. like, that's another thing that, that. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's another thing that's really smart. Like, yeah, like and they left that in at the end of the movie, right? And they could have easily cut that out, but they actually had a scene where they had an octopus and whatnot, and they cut that out of the movie, but they left in data saying the octopus was really scary. And it's just kind of one of those little juxtapositions where like, yeah, a kid's going to make up a story that, oh, we fought an octopus. Mm -hmm. No, you fucking didn't. You didn't fight an octopus. But like, you know what I mean? Like, even though they cut that scene out of the movie and it actually was there, they left it in at the end. Because Data just was like telling the news people the octopus was really scary, you know, like making stuff up for the news. Yeah, you got to make it a bit bigger, better story. Right. And, you know, though, on a rewatch at this date, the octopus does not hold up <laughs> so well. Uh, and I think it's a better movie without it. Yeah. But it still exists. The, the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray had the octopus scene in it. We watched it last night. And the, they even said this in the commentary. They were like, that octopus looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. And like the eyes on it were real bad. And like you could tell it was just animatronic right, just and they were rubber. moving it in the water with, yeah. with stuff. And I mean, did they steal so, it from the original 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? <laughs> I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but yeah, so you, you know, that was, that was fun for us to debate over for, for a while, but. It wasn't so fun for me for a long time. Because <laughs> you thought I was being serious. Yeah. And there for a while, I probably was because I had never seen any clips of that movie with an octopus in it. But I was fully aware that Data says the octopus thing at the end yeah. of the movie. Jenny says it was serious. Papers were filed. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> Attorneys were, uh, as a matter of fact, she got chunked, the attorney, to file those papers because he but, knew but, there was I mean, an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, and definitely before we get to the end of anything, like, we got to talk about the score because the score to this movie is absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. 
like i i think this movie would be nothing without the score because it it truly holds like that sense of adventure yeah. mm-hmm. with that with the music and whatnot and like when they're discovering the map and that like just ambiance mm-hmm. oh yeah replicate <laughs> it but just the the little the little cues that they get with that and like how it just seems so you know adventurous like it just works so yeah, you well. hear yeah you hear the movie uh, the music in the movie and you know it's goonies just like any of the 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 80s movies like that i mean you hear the the music play you know indiana jones is about to show up you hear anything like that it was so you know that movie had that sound and without the sound that's in the movie it takes away from the dramatic parts of it too because throughout that whole movie i mean that the score adds to oh my god we just found all this stuff so yeah it's man can't have a great movie without a great score and thanks john carpenter (laughs) <laughs> the classic 80s we're gonna put a hit song cindy lopper in this movie oh cindy yeah Lopper. i forgot about that did, did anyone watch the cindy lopper video i did not i didn't you guys I didn't don't do your homework it, for this thing them talking about it well luckily i did uh <laughs> it's terrible Tell us about well it, it's awful uh <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a bunch yes, of wrestlers it's seven it minutes itself? long it's <laughs> yeah, it has like a whole narrative before the song even starts. Um, it's got, uh, it's got, uh, let's see, it's got the Iron Sheik. It's got uh, Roddy Piper. It's got. Uh, well, it's good. Uh, Piper. Who's, who's the other guy? Andre the Giant's in uh, it too. Yeah. Um, oh, Lou Albano, the Captain Lou. Uh, yeah, who, Captain Lou. Who yep, for me yeah. was Mario in the Super Mario Super Show. He played yes. Mario. Yes. Super Mario Super Show. I don't. That's not how the song went. Josh said he never seen the uh, TV show. Yeah, and uh, isn't he also the dad and girls just want to have fun? Yes, they. Him and Cindy Lauper did so much stuff together. She was like in everything that she did. Um, Those wrestlers were kind of before my time (laughs) of watching wrestling. Uh, You know, like I'm familiar with those guys, but um, yeah, I mean, Iron Sheik is a good Twitter follow. Just throwing that out there. Um, I've actually I've heard that before. I've heard he has a very interesting Um, Also, at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, the video, Cindy Lauper's trying to escape from like some kind of weird like witch, like sea witch or something, some kind of sea hag. Anyway, uh, she looks at the camera and says, how do I get out of this? Or how do I get away or whatever? And it cuts to Steven Spielberg outside of a television. <laughs> and he's like, well, all you have to do is, well, I don't know. And then that's it. It cuts back to the video. It's really weird. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I totally missed out on this video. I need to go back. And yeah. You gotta, you yeah, gotta check it out, out, skip through it. Cause it's brutally bad. <laughs> <laughs> like all these, all these wrestlers are like, like at 11 like acting way crazy and it's just bad Ugh. but uh i do like the song yeah it's a fun song and it's just fun and and that they weren't actually watching that video on set when it plays either or the, the song wasn't playing either like the song wasn't even out until the movie was done mm-hmm. so they had to they had to insert all of those shots of that video in the song in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but I mean, and I, I think I should probably introduce our first I mean, guest uh, to the show, ladies and uh, gentlemen, the, oh, the Iron okay. Sheik. No, just 
He's not. <laughs> Eric. That was the best Iron Sheik uh, voice That's I ever great. heard. Josh. His classic. I mean, he's dead. Iron, Iron Sheik's classic catchphrase, Eric. That's what Josh is known for his Iron Sheik impressions. <laughs> if there's one thing I don't know anything about, it's wrestling. Yeah. Well, you just hurt Eric's feelings. He's gonna cry. But as far as I mean. By the end of the movie, you reach with you know with the kids getting out and the and the families coming to find them uh, that they're okay and everything and seeing the re the reunited families. The what Data and his family is so adorable, amazing. With the dad, Chunk's with the family brings a pizza. Brings him a pizza. <laughs> Ooh, the rescue! Another fat joke. Thanks. Hey, but doesn't it he look is, like his? Also, sorry, I was gonna say I had a note that he looked like his mom and sister so much. Like they, that casting, if it wasn't them, <laughs> that was their that was all of their real family except no. except for Mikey and and John really? Cullen. Like Chunk's family is Chunk's family. Data's family is Data's family. Like that's so cool because to- I was thinking like they look so much alike. That's crazy. So it wasn't everybody, but it was theirs. Yeah. But you got Jenny. I would legit want the family who brought Yeah, the and you got to be hungry oh, after rescue. all that. Chunk hasn't well, eaten he had some ice cream. in like at least 12 He had more hours. than the other kids, uh, you know. Yeah, they just swallowed some seawater. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some seaweed on the da- going down the slide. Now, oh, there's chew on this on the way down. Before we get to the end, we have to talk about On the Pirate Ship. Yeah. The, because the... when you get on there and you see one-eyed willie's treasure that's like the holy shit this is real yes yes all this stuff they've been searching for it's all gonna work (laughs) out and i love the line when they first get there when when they haven't found it yet and the girl says where's the where's the treasure and mikey says this whole ship is the treasure which is true even if there was no if even there was no gold on that ship it would still be like insane and insane discovery you know uh but yeah when you get in there and there's just gold everywhere it's it's it is magical it is magical gold jewels and i will say the but oh Mikey i keep interrupting had to have taken that in from his dad who's the head of the historical society so yeah. history is important to mm-hmm. him i don't think that you're right would be that's on a, this journey if it wasn't yeah that's a that's a a true character, true to the character, the line, you know, that he appreciates the history of it. And uh, and then even when they're taking the gold, he says, that's one I that's Willie. Yeah. Like, he, he makes sure, like, he has the respect for what they're there for. Right. And, like, you know, Willie, Willie went through all of this to get this here. We reap the benefits, but leave some of it for him. Like, yeah. just that. Did anyone get really scared as a kid? When, probably not you horror kids, but when I saw the eye patch lift up, woo. The little flat spot oh, yeah, on the that, like that a... gave me the willies. So that's why they yes. called you on that, Willie. And Richard Donner, to the point where they had recorded that commentary, Richard Donner still has one eye Willie's head. I read that as well, which, you know, knowing that I it's would, a real yeah. skull makes that extra little. Yeah. Oh, creepy. A little creepy. Just very just cool. A little bit. So I don't know if anybody else thought this when they were younger because I'm the only woman on this podcast today but when 
they're finding not only the gold but all the jewels oh the, and andy yeah. holds up this yeah. huge like tiara diamond draped over her hair thing and steph's like oh my god yeah, oh my jewelry. god like and every, everything and i was just like uh i want to be a pretty there. pretty princess <laughs> <laughs> and sloth comes in for the rescue and of course he was watching the errol flynn movies about right? say errol flynn movie, he yeah. comes in superman style and kicks ass and the music the there is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't do that or we get copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys screwed it up enough. Like, you don't worry about guys. that. <laughs> Unrecognizable. But no, like from the from the from the moment you hear, hey you guys, like that's that like that's it got uh, me I, last You year. know what? Honestly, so, same. Like, oh man, this movie is yeah, so just, fucking good. With just this warmth in my chest just felt so good and it's like just yeah you know he's here yeah <laughs> save the day and even yes. like even when there's like it's chunk and he's like no captain chunk, chunk. like i just i love, I love it, when dude. chunk swings it's down so from good. the rope it's like the worst swing he jumps off oh, like chunk. a like a like two steps or like one step and they have to catch him <laughs> so I love Chuck. It's funny that you can see the dummies too when they're like swinging and like when he swings and grabs uh, a mouth and the, oh, the, yeah. the girl off of off the, the plank. The, mm-hmm. Off the plank, you can tell they're dummies. And it's not very nice. That's the that's the downside to HD nowadays. Don't talk about Corey starting to see like that, that kind of stuff. You can tell they're dummies. I wasn't paying close enough attention to that. I was caught up in the wonder. Yeah. Of the moment. Sorry, you know, most uh, us guys, we we were like, "There's no way that's possible. I cannot swing that way." <laughs> like he's swinging to pick them up. He's not even holding the rope. He's out like this. Yep. Like, he's not even. That's holding true. The rope. How do you swing like, on a rope and grab two people? people you you gotta have like time. really strong butt possible. cheeks to hold onto that rope. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got his thighs just, wrapped around uh, it. He's strong. He was down there with Susan Summers and the thigh master while he was watching TV, working on the muscular thighs. It was like Jane Fonda back then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, this is a great fucking movie, man. Yeah. It, it just, like, when it, when it was over, I was just like, this is, this is like the quintessential kids movie, in my opinion. Like, and I know we're going to talk about other kids movies that some people have an affinity for coming up soon. I, I have to agree with but you. Like, I, 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 it was magical and wonderful all the way through and and i and i felt more nostalgia for it watching it this time than in previous you know you know having described how i saw it as a child you know uh my opinion has changed quite a bit you know it's just it's so uh it's just that per- like you say it's the perfect 80s kids movie it, it's just got excitement adventure comedy all that stuff all at once beautifully made a big Rapid. love for Prince in this movie too. Like you can see a Prince poster and yep. Miles wearing the Prince, Prince shirt. shirt. Like, yep. yeah, like I love that about it too. Like that made me want to get a purple rain shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this. I have a lot of good movies from my childhood that I would say shaped the way I think about movies, but this one is up there. And I mean, I think that this movie helped shape the way I think about movies because. It is just a wonderful 
like time capsule mm-hmm. yeah. for not only like the 80s and the time, but just, I mean, this is like one day in these people's lives. And it's just got a sense of wonder. And, you know, it truly, you can't say it enough times, but Goonies never say die. I mean, that the heart of this movie is that you love something and you fight That's for right. it until you can't fight for That's it. That's right. And, and, and Chunk adopts Sloth at the end, too, which is just yeah. makes me just like, oh, he adopted him immediately. So good. Yeah. And I don't think he asked his parents. He was just like, you're coming to live with me. Yeah. Hey, Mom, together. can I adopt this giant, <laughs> giant man that I just found in a dungeon? Yeah, sure. He did save my life. <laughs> yeah. So. So, as far as things go, I mean, it, there's always in, in Hollywood nowadays. Of course, you're making sequels to stuff and whatnot. Like, could this movie benefit from a remake nowadays, or is it? I mean, I have my opinion, but I'd like to hear. Like, does this is this a movie that needs to be remade? Or like, do you think they will remake it? Like, absolutely not. And I'll tell now. I don't know if they will remake it because Hollywood does some stupid shit but i have friends who have kids that are the age that i was when i saw this and they are showing their kids the goonies and their kids love it Mm -hmm. it transcends time it holds up really well and it and all the effects look really good except for a couple rear projection things that don't look so awesome but for the most part it, it looks great so there's you know it's not like a technological thing where new technology would help you in any way you know um imagine the goonies well you'd have to set it in the, they did re- remake goonies it's called stranger things basically yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. it would be hard to not with sean yeah. astin yeah yes yeah right <laughs> yeah with sean astin yeah so I mean, but but there's been talk about sequels for years. Pretty cool with the parents. I'm here for it. This was my idea of them the just parents. riding around and not Pretty, finding. Pretty cool with the parents. Yeah, I mean, that's and it's biggest. just the parents go go. Yeah, they look around. They don't find it. They go to school. His dad goes to college to be to to <laughs> work in history in a museum, and his mom breaks her arm, and then we roll right into Goonies, <laughs> and we start right into yeah, Goonies. So. I'm thinking eight seasons. Oh. <laughs> Make it the TV show. <laughs> but give it a David Lynch twist with some twin oh, nails. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay, so when we're done with our movies at the, at the VHS Falls, our, our simple question is, is, was it worth the rental? Jenny? Absolutely. Yeah. Jason? I, I give it a eight out of ten for sure. <laughs> yes. Since you actually physically did, I did. I I somehow don't have it. Uh, I don't. I thought I had it, but in (laughs) fact, I I I passed up on buying it. I I saw it a few times for really cheap, and I passed it up because I thought I had it, and I had to rent it on Amazon or Apple or something. Well, we can bequeath our copy to you because we have 4K. Yeah, we'll be watching it in 4K next time we watch it. That's very exciting. Thank you. I will welcome it in my home. (laughs) <laughs> so 
I mean, I think that's it for our discussion of the Goonies, guys. Unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. Are are Goonies good enough? Goonies never say die. Actually, they did. They said it four times. (laughs) 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 Little tidbit of a movie fact there. I was like, ah, they did say it four times in the movie. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the Goonies for this time. Now, at the end of the show, we do like to do our staff picks for the day uh, here at the store. You, you, at your old VHS stores, you would have the staff picks where people would recommend things. Now, we're going to do this a little non-traditional. We're going to give everybody something that we just think they should you know, keep their ear to the ground for or something that we enjoy that we think other people may like. Um, and, uh, as, as, and it could be music. It could be movies. It could be anything as far as that goes. And um, I'll start. Um, as far as music goes and the time and the era um, that we're kind of delving into and starting off this podcast with, um, we talked about the score for, for the Goonies. Um, I've been listening to a, a, a band named Gunship for the past two years. Um, if anybody has not listened to Gunship and you enjoy 80s movies, scores, like the old synth scores, like John Carpenter style, stuff like that, oh, check man. out Gunship. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them online. Um they are a great band that brings back a lot of nostalgia. Their videos on YouTube are also amazing. They, they, they also harken back to the, the times of VHS and they, they really call back to a lot of the movies we love and stuff like that. So please, everybody, if you, if you like that kind of thing, check out Gunship. They're, they're definitely worth checking out. Jenny, you got anything? Um, right now, what I'm digging is uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. It is the prequel to the Hunger Games trilogy. Um, it follows a young President Snow before he is President Snow. And it's taken some turns that I didn't see coming, and I'm really enjoying it. So um, I really thought that the Hunger Games books were fantastic. The movies didn't quite live up to the books as movies never do. But uh, I like where she's going with this. I think it's a good way to go back into the world without trying to hold on to the same characters too much. There is there is one movie that blows the book away, and we'll talk about that on a future episode. We'll just leave it at that. Yep. Jason, you got something? Uh, yeah, currently, uh, not only am I a horror fan, I'm also a comic book fan uh, for all my symbiote fans out there uh if you haven't read the new run of venom by donny cates it is freaking fantastic the artwork the story is so great um i don't know i'm probably i don't know if i get in trouble for mentioning the marvel universe but uh looks like if you're into reading this we're gonna have a really big story arc coming up toward the end of the year but uh definitely a good read i love it and then as far as something music wise i'll give this to Josh, because he's the guy to introduce me, but a band called Laserhawk. If you like the 80s synth, like he was talking about with Gunship, with a lot, maybe a lot less singing, go check them out. It is so great to listen to. Just something good you can have in the background while you're working in the house or doing anything. And it's just, it's a great, it's great music. So those two things, new Venom Run, check out some Laserhawk. Nice. Eric? Gosh, I am, I'm blanking, guys. I don't have anything to share. Um, I've been thinking about it the whole time. The Playing whole any podcast, video games or anything? And I cannot think. Uh, You're our video game guy. Uh, aren't well, you? I, I did play uh, Ghost of Tsushima. 
that's been very fun here in the here in the lockdown. Uh, good good time waster. Uh, Lovecraft Country just started that. Everyone's talking about it anyway, so. Oh, we haven't started uh, it yet. So those are good. So that's really going to do it for the for this episode. Great first episode, in my opinion. And uh, next week we'll be coming back and we'll be talking about a pretty hairy movie that uh, might involve some basketball. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so until then, everybody, have a great time. And uh, we would like to leave you with this. Please be kind and rewind. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Over. All right, everyone. First episode of the VHS Files in the bag. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with Teen Wolf. I hope you all have a great week. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. Email us your comments, questions, and movie suggestions at the dot vhs files at gmail.com follow us on facebook at vhs files podcast on instagram at vhs.files on twitter at vhs underscore files and head over to our youtube channel at the vhs files podcast for more content thanks for listening